0: And joining me right now here on the phone line, this guy does a great job as a local broadcaster here in Central Florida and an instructor there at the Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting. He's my a good friend, Mike Tuck. Mike, how you doing today?
1: I'm awesome, dude. How are you?
0: Well, I try to get you on before the Super Bowl, but I get text messages at 10 o'clock at night. Sorry, bro. I'm on another cruise. <laughs> what? Are you James Bond? Where are you exactly? <laughs>
1: I am uh, currently in my backyard by my pool just lounging out in this beautiful gorgeous Central Florida weather we have today but um no it was it was an awesome vacation um it just so happened that where I was in the moment like my phone was able to connect to text so <laughs> I got your message and and wanted to hit you back and uh Let you know, yeah, like on the high seas, I I don't have a phone signal. So as much as I would have told you and I I texted you what the final score was, which I was pretty close, by the way. um, Yeah, it was uh, it was a fun time. Got to take those vacations when you can. And by the way, I'm speaking to a guy. It feels like you go on about 10 vacations a year, mister. So you shouldn't be coming at me with that.
0: I've never gone on a cruise before. Should I go on one?
1: Yeah, man, especially, I would tell you, even as a single, it's it's really a lot of fun. I, I mean, that's how it really started for me when I was single out of college. Me and uh, three of my buddies, we went like three straight years during spring break time and had a blast. And that's carried over to uh, girlfriend, now wife, and, and we really love it.
0: Where should I go then for the first time ever?
1: It, it doesn't matter anymore if you go on one of the newer ships where you go. It truly does not matter which Caribbean island you want to choose. It's really more about the luxury of the ship, how much um, entertainment value there is on the ship for you to uh, be entertained by. Whether and, and really, no matter what you like, it feels like there's something available on the ship for uh, someone like yourself. So I don't know exactly what you like to do uh, in your free time, but young, old gambling, um, you know, entertainment, shows, uh, comedy. They have it all for you.
0: This is a good commercial for you. So it sounds like. <laughs> I feel like we should work on some type of giveaway where I do the show from the boat. Have you done that oh, before?
1: That's what you should do. No question. Will <laughs> we
0: get signal? That's that's what I don't know. Like, I need internet. Is that going to happen if we do the show on a Friday afternoon and then the boat you takes t- off? Yeah,
1: no, you... Yeah, absolutely. You, they have internet. Like I had an internet package. It's just I wasn't connected. I, you know, I can't make a phone call. I could do some sort of a FaceTime. You could do that, obviously, to communicate. But to talk on the phone is um, something you All have right. to pay more for independently.
0: All right. I know we're on the air doing this conversation with Mike Tuck. I'm not kidding. I think I'm the last person who lives in the state of Florida who's never been on a cruise before. I think we mm. need to work on this. I Maybe some crazy, like, we'll do the NFL draft from the high seas or something. We need to work on this.
1: Yes. I'll tell you that I, I was on the brand-new icon of the scenes. Everyone in the audience probably has seen all the commercials because it was, like, brand spanking new mm. a couple of weeks when I was on it. Um They have an incredible sports bar, honestly. They have a really nice sports bar on the ship as well. So, as it turned out, the way we booked it, it was around the game. So, like – there was, it was before the Super Bowl and after the AFC and NFC championship games, but it uh, probably would be a pretty cool place to watch like games on if you intended to go on to watch a game or, in this case, the draft.
0: All right, I will work on this. I'm doing big things around here, Mike, and I
1: appreciate you motivating me. My question... Sell, 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 man. Someone's well, got to sell it.
0: Yeah, my question for you is, what did you think of that Super Bowl, even though it was two weeks ago, where the Chiefs get it done at the end of overtime?
1: You know, I don't think I'm going to say anything that's too different from what most of your audience probably uh, had to say about it. It was a little lethargic in, in the first half, right? Not a whole lot of offense, not a whole lot of explosive plays, and really not a whole lot for the whole game. Um, but obviously a trick play touchdown was in there. Some big turnovers were in there. And then the second half really uh delivered, especially in the fourth quarter in overtime where you got to see long, sustained drives, you know, great offensive play and great defensive play. So I enjoyed it. Um, You know, people can speak to the inevitability that is a team like Kansas City with a quarterback like Mahomes in the same way you'd speak about other great teams with great players in the past, and that's okay. I don't don't think there's anything wrong with necessarily going, you know what, I knew Michael Jordan and the Bulls were going to win. Okay. (laughs) That's part of the entertainment value is watching to see if by chance you're wrong because – Occasionally sports, you know, gives us a curveball in that way. So I enjoyed the game. Um I love that it was as competitive as it was and you know, it, it came down to some decisions. I love that it really wasn't affected by officiating. That wasn't really a big complaint or conversation after the game and that we're we're talking more about coaches' decisions and the plays that the players made.
0: Will Kansas City be better next year?
1: Um I think there's every reason to think they have the opportunity to be, but look, uh, like the big conversation for them is Chris Jones and Legarius Need. Both guys are free agents. You can only use the franchise tag on one of them. Using it on Chris Jones doesn't make any sense because it's $32 million. Um, so they could lose one of their arguably what, like four or five best players? Mm-hmm. Um, they could lose both. I doubt it, but they could they could take a major hit. Now they have draft capital, and they'll have other monies to spend, and one would assume that the receiving core will improve next year. Um, But, look, part of winning a Super Bowl is getting a little lucky, not having bad injuries, and who's to say that, you know, they don't suffer a rash of injuries, even like the year they lost the Super Bowl, right, where their offensive line was decimated and Mahomes was running for his life against Tampa? That could just as easily happen a year from now.
0: Does this help with the loss of your dolphins where you lost to the actual Super Bowl champions (laughs)
1: that? No, not really. No, No, it doesn't. That doesn't, no, it doesn't. It doesn't pacify me in any way whatsoever. Um, it probably, it probably hurts a little bit. I like, if you're a bills fan, know that you missed a field goal and who knows what could have been there. It probably hurts if you're a Ravens fan with how poorly you played, but, um, what hurts me as a Dolphin fan is just knowing that they didn't get, like, a fair shake at it. And that's the way life is sometimes, like, to have as many guys hurt as they did that were as important as they were. You know, maybe next year it'll work around the other way and, and they'll get a fair shot at it um, with a full, or at least a close to full allotment of, of cast and character.
0: Well, when you think about that all off season, the Kansas City Chiefs won another Super Bowl. And don't forget
1: it. Mm-hmm. Like, and- No, I and look... And credit to them. Joe Tooney wasn't there. They lost, you know, an all-pro guard. That hurts. Um, you know, Brady won one year without Gronk, like where he was hurt, and won another year without Edelman, where he was hurt. Like, mm-hmm. you're going to have situations that you have to overcome. And Kansas City did. They get the roses. Um, they get to celebrate that, where other teams get to complain about maybe who they didn't have. And I'm not complaining. I'm just saying – you know, it it was not in the cards, even as a diehard Dolphin fan. I didn't think they were going to win a Super Bowl once it got to the point where they're down five, six, seven very important players.
0: All right, deep in your heart, Mike talk. if that game was played in Miami, full strength, do you think it's at least competitive?
1: Like if the Dolphins were at full strength against Kansas City? Yes, yes. I do. I really do. I think that they showed over the course of a season – And never at any point in the season, for what it's worth, were they at full strength. Never at one point were they anywhere close to full strength. They either were missing linemen, they were missing secondary guys, they were missing offensive weaponry. Like, there was always something going on, which, again, that's part of football. But I do think at full strength, um, and it will be interesting what that looks like for them next year because of their cap situation. Um, I, like today, I'm sitting here more like interested in what they're going to do, but believing that they'll have the opportunity to be in the conversation to win the Super Bowl again next year. They played them twice.
0: I know the game was mm-hmm. in, what, Germany earlier in the year? Right. So it's not mm-hmm. what it could have, should have. You lost twice to
1: the Chiefs, and they
0: won the Super Bowl. Yeah. That's how I right. look at it. Yeah, yeah of course. I, I think more... No ball- argument.
1: I'm argument. I'm not arguing we're better. I, I'm just arguing I'd love to have another shot at him. And, you know, it would have to be in the postseason. They're not on the regular season schedule next year. Just like I'm sure a Bills fan would want another shot, or a Ravens fan, or a 49ers fan. You know, everyone's gunning for them.
0: All right, here's your hypothetical. If the Dolphins had the number one pick, would you draft a quarterback, or would you keep Tua? <laughs>
1: My best friend asked me that about two months ago, actually, because yeah. um, that's what he does. He challenges me with things like that, and I said um, I would trade Tua and take Caleb Williams. I think to reset the quarterback clock for a guy with more potential upside in the long term is something that even as a a trudent, diehard Dolphins fan and a Tua believer, uh, I don't know that I'm too in that Tua non-group, but I certainly believe in him as a quarterback. Like, I, I'm not saying he's better than every quarterback in the league. So, yeah, I, I think there are very few teams that if they had the number one pick, they would not take Caleb, is my humble opinion. There are probably five or six that would pass and would trade the pick, but I think most would, would actually, if you asked them, they would take the pick.
0: So are you giving to a long-term extension then?
1: I don't think you have to. I think they will, and that's my gut, is I think they will. Um, I think it will range somewhere between, I can't believe they did that much money, and while well, that's fair, it'll probably be in that threshold, where people will still complain either way maybe, um, but should they? Here's the example I would say why maybe if it were up to me, I won it. There can be a cap savings, and it may be even a, a substantial, like twenty million dollar cap savings, if you agree to an extension. That's the argument for. Like Lamar Jackson, I want to say only counted against like seven and a half million against the cap this year instead of, you know, the big number he got from the Ravens. But the argument for just making him play on a fifth year option, Joe Flacco, Lamar Jackson—that's that's what the Ravens did with both of their last two quarterbacks—is they made them play the fifth year, and both of those guys delivered with really quality season. So, like if I'm the Dolphins, the the only harm is that Tua would have a 20, I think it's 23 or 24 million dollar cap hit, but that's not the worst for a quarterback. Like you can work around that if that's if that's the obstacle, you can overcome that. So, um I would not give in because if I'm um, the Dolphins, I do understand I have leverage in these negotiations. So they don't have to make him like the third highest paid quarterback. They don't have to give him Joe Burrow or Josh Allen or Mahomes money. I think they work from a position of strength that they're smart. And if Tua doesn't want to cooperate, then you just make him play the fifth year and you go from there.
0: What should my Bears do with the first pick then?
1: Take Caleb Williams, trade Justin Fields. Um, and, you know, obviously draft it at nine or move back from nine, continue to add an assortment of weapons around the, uh, young quarterback with more upside. That's, that's my opinion on what they should do. Um, obviously it's tempting to think about doing it the other way if you believe in fields. That you could surround him with even more. You could still trade the pick, still potentially move down, still get Marvin Harrison Jr. and Malik Neighbors, and and have an even larger, you know, war chest of of picks for the future and players to surround him with. But look, and I guess it comes down to everyone's uh, amateur quarterback evaluation skill on Caleb Williams. But the reality is, if you think he is a future franchise superstar um, that ranges from multi-time Pro Bowler to future Hall of Famer, you can't pass that up. You just can't. And you're a fan of a team whose organization really has not had that guy at quarterback arguably ever. So I don't know how you would pass that up.
0: There's so many different scenarios. You could trick Washington – a very dysfunctional franchise, by the way, you could trick them and say, all right, you can have the first pick. You take Caleb Williams, get the King's ransom, and then you could take a quarterback at number two if you wanted to
1: as well. That's on the table. You could do that, or you could take, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. at two. Um, And the reality is, like, um, as strange as it it sounds, right, it's like your Bears moved when they moved up from two or to three to two, right, with the 49ers to take Trubisky. Everyone was like, why? well, we don't know who else was interested. And for what it's worth, if the Bears are shopping the pick, Washington, why the hell wouldn't they be interested in moving up one spot to get the guy they want? Because New England might be interested. Like, you could pit the teams that are right behind you and trick them into moving up, even if you didn't want to take Caleb Williams to your point and take somebody else, whether it's a receiver or one of the other quarterbacks, um, and still get all the picks in return. So, to me, that, like, if you, if you don't believe in Caleb Williams, at the very least, you should entertain moving back to, like, two or three um, where you could still get Marvin Harrison or you could still get another quarterback if you like them more.
0: We're here with Mike Talk. All right, you draft Caleb Williams, you trade Justin Fields. Who starts the first game of the season? Say that again? Okay. You take Caleb Williams with the first pick. You trade right. Justin Fields. Does Caleb Williams start game one of the season?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Who, 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 was Haney your back of this last year? Who was your back? You, you don't know what year it is, do you? No, it, was, You're no, going old it was the badging kid. It was a badging kid from yes. Division three. Yeah. No, I think I think Caleb Williams is winning the job. <laughs> I don't know. I
0: see the okay.
1: This this is
0: where there's so many different scenarios with this. You know, you look at Patrick Mahomes. He did not start day one. He sat there. And he learned mm-hmm. for a year and then played the la Remember, he played that last game of the season when this was terrible for Alex Smith. Remember they won the division. They were going to be ready for the playoffs. They're like, all right, we'll let the rookie play. And then he throws for like 400 yards in his first start. Right. And then he right. loses. And then remember, then the chiefs lose the playoff game against Tennessee. And they're like, all right, we're moving on from Alex Smith. Enough of this. Yeah. We're going to the kid. Right. Um, There's a part of me. I know you're going to laugh at me. I, it, everything's on the table. I would be shocked they take Kale Williams and say, "All right, you are going to sit, and we're going to play Justin Fields one more year." What the hell?
1: I just <laughs> because you all right. You look that at, would feel almost like the worst thing you could do if you Chicago. Here, all right, here is what I but think. It's about. funny you say that's on the table. <laughs> it's on the table because you
0: look at Green Bay; they had Brett Favre in his prime, and then they drafted Aaron Rodgers, and he sat for like three mm-hmm. years. Then they did mm-hmm. it again to Aaron Rodgers, and that's where the split started. Where they had Aaron Rodgers and they took Jordan Love and they let him sit. I think of, you look at San Francisco. You had Joe Montana winning Super Bowls. And they trade for Steve Young. And Steve Young sits for a couple of years. I it's, I mean, look. I, I think anything's on the table. And I think I think what's interesting with this conversation, and it's going to continue for two straight months. I think Bears fans are like, hey, we just invested three years with this guy. And we've seen him grow on the football field. And now you're going to say, oh, no, we're dumping him. We're going to get this other guy. I think the fan base is c- conflicted with this decision right now, Mike. And I really mean that.
1: I I I think it's a real easy answer from the outside looking in. I think it is harder. I would agree with you. I think it's harder. And I two of my best friends I've shared with you are Bears fans. So <laughs> I know in speaking to them, that's what they They're more in the Justin Fields camp and the assortment of picks you can get and Marv and all the rest of it. But the difference is with the examples you gave, those teams were winning. And there was a reason why you stuck with the guy who was your quarterback the year before is they were good. The quarterback played really well. You were more investing in the future with what you thought was value. In this case, the Bears have not won. And whatever you think of Justin Fields' On the field, the performance you must admit has been up and down. Yes, sometimes fantastic, sometimes shaky, to terrible. And the team is not one. Was he like, like a five and twenty career record? Or I mean, it's it's not great. Whatever it is, so like to me, that's not what you would do. And I think you would only hurt his value, frankly, if you were to keep him, because at some point, if you're not having success, you're going to bench him. And now, his value on the open market is much less than it would have been if you had just traded him before the year started.
0: I will call up Atlanta and be like, "Give us the eighth pick for justin fields i 'm not kidding we want the We want the eighth pick in the draft, or what else do you got and i think that 's what you do for justin fields
1: like don 't i think I, you can try I, you I can think try. you can try you know to ask about a team trump pick this year i i 've made the argument i think he 's worth the first because quarterbacks. For teams that don't have them are hard to come by, but I think you're probably more likely to get some sort of mid-round compensation this year in some sort of second with an escalator for the following year. Like you get Pittsburgh or Atlanta second next year, but if he plays so many snaps or he achieves a certain level, then it moves to a first round okay. pick. Almost like the Jets with Rodgers. Like if he had actually played this year, the Packers would have got a first round pick, but unfortunately got hurt. So it's a second round pick.
0: Okay. I, I like that, what you said. Now we're negotiating. I like this here with Mike Tuck. Mm-hmm. This is good. Um, my thing with Caleb Williams is he's going to get CJ Stroud expectations where people are like, well, you're going to show up and then you're going to be great. And my thing mm-hmm. is like, no, you gotta, you got to kind of hide him a little, if that's the right word to use. Just you got to like, all right, he's going to make mistakes. You got to give it time for him to figure it out. But I think the expectations, like if they trade fields, I think people are like, well, you better win right away. And I don't think that's fair to <laughs> Caleb Williams. How about you?
1: Um, so there's two parts to that, and I, I just want to make sure we're we're in agreement on the first part. C.J. Stroud had no expectations coming into this year. Mm-hmm. You're referring to what Stroud did as the expectation, correct?
0: Yes, and that's what you want yeah, now. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because Stroud had no expectations. In fact, a lot of people thought he was going to be a bust. The Wonderlick and yeah. all the rest was pointing negative in some ways. Texans were awful last year, so, um, he over delivered for sure. And I think you're right, but I also would say this is where I disagree. I think. That a player who is of the stature to go number one overall and play that position should be able to thrive with expectations because that's what's going to be on you your entire career is the pressure to win. You're not being drafted that high to not win, to not win and succeed, to not win a Super Bowl. And you better be able to deal with it, right? And for the case for most of these guys, and by the way, Caleb would qualify. He's won a Heisman. He went into last year expecting USC and their fan base to lead them to a college football playoff. He's dealt with it. And has he dealt with it wonderfully? No, I think there are moments last year you can point to where he did it, but that isn't necessarily me because I don't expect every guy a draft to have won a college football playoff or national championship we both no, those things don't necessarily equate to winning in the NFL anyway. So um, I think I would not want a quarterback who would not embrace the reality of expectation and performance and being able to deal with a criticism. I, I would not want you as my quarterback if you're not equipped to handle those things. Let's
0: end with this, and I, I appreciate coming on. I love this conversation. What I learned from this season is – just have good quarterback play. I, having the best, just, and, and let me make sure I say this right. You have the best running back. You're not going to win. Oh, you have the number one wide receiver. It uh, doesn't matter. The, the chiefs had Patrick Mahomes and they had a great defense and that's why they won. So it's like, well, you got to get Harrison Jr. And I want to get him, but you better get that quarterback first. You better figure that out. That's what I'm trying to tell you, Mike,
1: with my thoughts. I- yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I think that's what is um, important to to understand. And I think Marvin Harrison Jr., by all accounts, um, has put himself in a category where he is being compared, rightfully so, to the uh, Jamar Chases, to the Calvin Johnsons, to the Larry Fitzgeralds, to the Julio Jones, to the A.J. Greens. Like, he is in that upper, 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 stratosphere of, we think this guy not only is the best receiver in his class, but deserves to be considered in a conversation amongst the best guys to be drafted highly in the draft in the last 20-25 years. That's fair. And with all that said and done, none of those guys we just talked about have proven to be relevant enough to carry a team to a Super Bowl win. We point to running back a lot. The same can be said as receiver. Those guys are all Hall of Famers in in a way, really, right? Like, they all sort of delivered on the promise, but they needed other things around them to to win it. And Julio and Larry, I mean, these guys were super close, right, to, to winning Super Bowls and just their teams weren't able to do it. But you got to have the quarterback. Um, that's almost a no-brainer. Um, does it mean that you can't win with Christian McCaffrey? Of course not. I think sometimes we say that the inverse is proven true. No, like the 49ers were in position to win the Super Bowl because of Christian McCaffrey. It's not because, wow, you know, they built around out of – no, like he's really good. You want to have that guy if you can have him. You want to have Jamar Chase and Calvin Johnson. It doesn't mean you're not going to win, but it proves to be of little relevance unless you have – quality quarterback play, which can be one of two things. This is where I think people get it twisted. You can either have a Mahomes, who is great, or Brady, who is great, but you can also win when Eli Manning or Joe Flacco elevates their game to a level of greatness. Even for a short time, you need your quarterback to either play great or be great. So that's what it amounts to. Whether Caleb Williams is great on his own or can at least elevate to great for a season or two, that's what you're looking for.
0: And don't forget, last year at this time, everyone's like, Bryce Young, number one pick, home run. This is the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, and there was yeah. no hesitation. This is the guy you take at one. So it's fascinating. We we won't know. And, and the crazy thing is, so you look at 21 with all those quarterbacks where you had Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Daniel Jones, Justin Fields, I don't know if I like any of them.
1: Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Yeah. I'm sorry.
0: Who did I say? I
1: apologize. Daniel. Da- Daniel. Daniel was a high pick before that. You're yeah, right. Yeah.
0: I'm sorry. Yeah. And you think about it now. I don't know three years later if I like any of them as your franchise quarterback.
1: That's why. No. And saying. that's one year. And then in another year, you had, um, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Tuatunga Vailoa, uh, and Hurts. Her- yeah. Right. So, like, you also can have a draft where they're all really good, too, right? So it doesn't necessarily mean, oh, yeah, like it's such a crapshoot. Or, you know what, they all can be good. Like, it, it every year is a little bit different. Um, the reality, if you look at quarterbacks that are drafted high, you know, uh, around half of them turn out to be really good, and the other half usually are – Okay, and then rarely do you have a totally Jamarcus Russell situation.
0: Well don't worry, the fanboy and me, I will get the jersey for the next quarterback of the Bears because
1: <laughs> You, should. Yes, you I have, should.
0: I have a Trubisky jersey, I have a Fields, and I think I'm getting thirteen <laughs> in navy blue and orange. I think that's what's happening. <laughs> hey, Mike Tuck, my man, thank you so much for your help and have a great day. Love it.